Those are good words of wisdom for our graduates uh, this season, this weekend. We've been celebrating those that graduate from our church, uh, high school or college or otherwise. And we had a dinner last night. And we had a really good time uh, talking and having fellowship with the graduates. And then today in our three services, we're recognizing them. We'll be praying for them at the end of the service. And, and we're so thankful for them. Uh, talking about school, uh, on one occasion a teacher was asking her kids' class what they wanted to be when they grew up. And Johnny raised his hand and Johnny said, I want to be a billionaire. And I want to buy a Ferrari. And that way I can get a girlfriend. And then I can make her my wife. And then I'm going to buy her a condo in Hawaii. I'm going to get her an apartment in Paris, France. I'm going to give her her own private jet so she can travel wherever she wants. I'm going to give her a credit card so that she can go shopping. And then we're going to enjoy traveling around the world, eating at the best restaurants. And the teacher was kind of like surprised at the extravagance that Johnny was dreaming up. And, and so she kind of composed herself and she turned to a little girl. She said, Susie, what do you want to be when you grow up? And she said, I want to be Johnny's wife. <laughs> I, think, I think about the fact that when you ask kids what they want to be when they grow up, it's funny, it's fun. Uh, when you're a kid and you think about what you're going to be when you grow up, uh, you can think of all kinds of things. There are no limitations to your imagination. But when you get to finish high school or when you get to finish college, it gets real. And all of a sudden, you have to make these decisions. And all of a sudden, you have to decide what, what is it that you're going to do and uh, where do you want to go to college and what kind of degree are you going to pursue or are you going to go to trade school or are you just going to join the workforce immediately? And all those decisions can be stressful. There's a lot of pressure put on students today. There are tests and there are scores and there are extracurricular activities. And some parents like are overdoing it, over, overachieving, trying to get their kids, talking to them at fourth and fifth grade of what they need to do if they're gonna get into good college. And there's just a lot of competition. And today, as we rejoice with our graduates, as we uh, celebrate their accomplishment, as we think about all that they have done, we also acknowledge the kind of stress, the kind of pressure that is on you today. And we wanna to turn to the scriptures for confidence. We wanna to turn to the Bible for, for assurance. And so I've titled the message today, Confidence for the Future. And I'd like for us to go to a very well-known uh, passage in the scriptures, in Psalm 23. And uh, there uh, have the Lord speak to you uh, whether you're a graduate or a parent or a grandparent or any other stage in your life, the, have the Lord speak to you and give you confidence for your future. I'm going to read from the NIV. And if you've memorized Psalm 23 from the King James Version or from another version, it'll sound just a slightly different, but I want you to hear it uh, in, in a slightly different voice. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley, through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord 
forever. This is a simple but beautiful psalm that God has given us. It reminds us of who God is, of the kind of God that we have. It comforts us in facing our challenges and it gives us confidence when we look ahead at the future. This short chapter of the Bible, six verses, communicates powerfully because we get a glimpse of the God who is beyond the eternal God, the God that we cannot see. We get a glimpse of him from a very earthly perspective as a shepherd, as a host, as a king. King David, who wrote this psalm, uh, that was his experience. He'd been a shepherd. He, as a little boy, he was in the fields taking care of sheep. He knew that experience. He knew the experience of the shepherd as well as he had observed the sheep. And then at the end of his life, he ends up being a king. And he ends up at a palace. And he knows the experience of being in a palace. And so his journey from the fields as a little shepherd boy to the palace as a king is told in these six verses. It is his journey of intimacy with God. It is his journey of his relationship with God. He knows God as a shepherd. He knows God as a king. I imagine that if he had been a farmer, he would know God as a benevolent farmer. If he had been a physician, he would have known God as a great physician. If he had been an artist, he would know God as the master of beauty. If he had been an architect, he would know God as a designer and a builder of something great and something strong. But he knew God as a shepherd and as a king, and he tells us his journey in this psalm. And it can become your journey. You're a graduate, you're an adult, you're a parent, and you can identify yourself in this journey of David. And it tells us that when the Lord is your shepherd, you can be confident in his sufficient provision. Amen. Our graduates today had I, I, I can look back at their accomplishments, the tests and the papers that they have turned in, the, the projects that they worked all night on, and the memories that they will treasure from those experiences. And now they're looking ahead, and they plan to continue their education perhaps, or, or a career that they will choose. And the scriptures help us do both. They help us look back, and they help us look ahead with the eyes of faith. Our text here, talks to us about the provision of God for yesterday, for today, and for tomorrow. I'll read verses one through three again. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Some of you know the verses, I, I, you know, I shall not want. That's what it means, I lack nothing. His, his provision is sufficient. I have everything I need in him. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. You can imagine the sheep on green pastures. They can eat to their heart's content. They can rest in that beautiful landscape. And then as the still waters are, are beside them, they, they can receive that confidence, that peace that comes from God's provision. They can be refreshed when they are thirsty and they can drink from the water. And, and when the journey has been long and they're tired and weary, they can know that he will guide them in the right path. When the sheep doesn't know where to go, the shepherd will go and guide them. The scripture reminds us here that the Lord is able to meet all of our needs physically and emotionally. He gives food and drink for the body. 
The shepherd gives rest and comfort for the soul. He's able to give rest to the weary, strength to the weak, restoration to the lost, and comfort to the broken. That's our shepherd. And as you look back and you see all of the ways in which God has provided for you, you can see the moments that God gave you strength when you didn't have strength. You can see the moments that God gave you wisdom when you didn't have wisdom. You can see the moments that God provided exactly what you needed at the moment that you needed it. That God gave you grace in front of people. That God gave you grace in front of teachers. That God gave you grace in front of your superiors. And it was him, every good gift we sang, comes from him. And here's the thing, the same God that provided for you in the past is able to provide for you in the future. That's your confidence right there as you look back. I remember my children all went to different colleges. My oldest son went to Dallas Baptist University and then when Rachel uh, came along and, and she had this dream of going to Baylor University, I think from elementary school, and she always was talking about it and she was, she, she was always excited about that. And, and when she got a little older, which she could understand, she was about to graduate from high school and she realized the price tag for going to a private school. And she said, dad, that's very expensive. It's okay if I go somewhere else. And, we, and she began to name where she was willing to go. And I said, Rachel, I'm glad that you are willing to be considerate to what we can afford. But here's the thing. I need you to pray and I need you to find out where God wants you to go to college. Because wherever God wants you to go, there he will provide. And she said, really dad? I said, yes. And she prayed and, and then she said, I really think I'm supposed to go to Baylor. We went and did the visits and the tours and, and all of that. And I said, okay, if you feel that's where God is leading you, then he will provide. And all four years of her college, God provided exactly what she needed. And then my, my youngest son came along, Stephen, and he said, well, my older brother went to Dallas Baptist University, so I got to go visit there. And he went there and visited, and, and, uh, and the chancellor, Dr. Derrick Cook, gave him a book, and he said, pray for 30 days to see where God's going to lead you. He said, well, my sister went to Baylor, so I got to visit Baylor, so we went and visited Baylor. And he said, but I really would like to check out University of Texas in Austin. And, uh, and I said, okay, if, that, if you want to do that, we'll go. And said, but pray and find out where it is that God will lead you to go. After prayer, after consideration, he said, Dad, I think I'm supposed to go to UT Austin. I said, well, if that's where God is leading you, that's where God is going to provide. Not just the finances, but the support, the connections, the grace, everything that you will need to be successful in your college career. And God did just that. Some people have asked me, what's the difference? What's out of pocket for someone who goes to a private school and someone who goes to a state school? And I say, you know what? I really don't feel the difference because it's the same Lord who provided for each of them along the way. You see, it's not as important where you go to college, whether you go to UTRGV or whether you go to Harvard, whether, whether you go straight into the workforce or, or whether you go to a trade school. What is really important is that the Lord be your shepherd, that the Lord be guiding you. Because if the Lord is your shepherd, as you follow him, as he guides you, he will provide for you. He will provide green pastures. He will provide still waters. He will lead you in the right paths for his name's sake. I love that. He'll lead you in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Do you know what that means? 
That means God is saying, my reputation is at stake. I will lead you in the right path because my reputation is at stake and I'm a good God. I'm a faithful God. I'm a providing God. I'm a powerful God. And if I guide you in the right paths for my namesake, you can count on that. When the Lord is your shepherd, you can be confident in his sufficient provision. Is he your shepherd? Is the Lord your shepherd today? And when the Lord is your shepherd, then you can also be confident in his sustaining presence. In the course of life, I've had to make difficult decisions or big decisions. Uh, uh, the decision to, to go to college and what degree I would pursue and then seminary. Where would I go to seminary? What kind of ministry did I feel God was calling me? And, and those were always challenging times. And, and not everything I thought back then is what turned out to be. And when I went to do my doctoral work, where would I go and what would I study? Every time that God has called me to serve at a church, it's, it's, it's been a, a time where I've had to pray and said, Lord, are you leading me here? Are you leading me to, to, to leave my current church and go to a different church? That's a hard thing to do. To, to go to a different town, to pull my family away from friends and, and, and the things that they know, to go somewhere else. And when you have to make those difficult decisions, whether they're about education or about marriage or about work or about moving, there's a relational element. You wonder, who's going to go with me? Who will I leave behind? Who will become my new friends? Who will be my church? Who will be my network of support? Will I ever feel alone? David had been a shepherd, and he identified with the shepherd, obviously, but he also identified with the sheep. And he addresses this very issue because he knows how the sheep might have felt in verse 4. He says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You rod in your staff, they comfort me. As it was true in the life of David, it's true in the life of many of us. He did not always stay in green pastures. We know that, right? We don't always get to camp out beside the still waters. There are some times that we have to go through the dark valleys. There are some times that we have to Go from, from this beautiful landscape that's bright and pleasant to the valley of the shadow of death. The shepherd would take his sheep at the, at the beginning of the day. He would lead them uh, into the place where they could eat and where they could drink and where they could rest. But at the end of the day, at dusk, as they went back home, sometimes they had to go through dark valleys where the shadows of the mountain would, would overpower the light, where, where, where the path was narrow, where there were wild beasts waiting to attack the sheep, and the trek was fearful. Perhaps there were bones of dead animals on the ground, and, and the sheep would, would tremble. Perhaps there, there was a cliff on the side, and, and they could take a wrong step and fall. It was the valley of the shadow of death, the valley that was dark, and as these sheep were left alone, they would be in extreme danger in life sooner or later. All of us go through dark valleys. When the sun doesn't seem to shine as bright, when everything that surrounds us seems to be sad and discouraging, the valley of the shadow of death for you may be a terminal illness. The valley of the shadow of death may be depression and anxiety for some. The valley of the shadow of death could be 
a family disappointment, a broken heart. The valley of the shadow of death perhaps is the loss of a loved one. What comforted the psalmist was that when he went through the dark valleys, the shepherd was with him. His rod and his staff were a reminder that he was not alone. The shepherd's staff reminded those sheep that they had a leader, that they had someone who would care for them. They had someone uh, who would lead the way, who would show them the way. The shepherd's staff uh, has a hook and that hook is often used by the shepherds to rescue the sheep when they fall in a ditch, when, when they may be falling uh, to the cliff, the, the shepherd can reach the strength of that shepherd, the, the staff of that shepherd is about presence and about protection and sometimes it's about rescue and restoration as well. As you step into your future, you will face uncertainties. Whether you're a graduate, a parent, a senior adult, a grandparent, the future can be daunting. There's a lot of things we don't know about the future. There's a lot of questions we have. There's a lot of things that make us worry, especially if, you, if you're constantly watching the news and reading the headlines. There are some things you, you don't know, but there are some things you can know for sure. You can know that sometimes life is gonna get challenging. You can know that sometimes you're gonna face trials. You can know that sometimes you will have doubts. Sometimes you will wonder if you made the right decision. But you can also know most of all that the shepherd is with you. That his rod and his staff comfort you and therefore you don't have to be afraid. Remember that when you go off to college. Remember that when you join the workforce. Remember when the going gets tough, when it gets overwhelming, when it gets difficult, when you think you can't push through, the shepherd is with you. One of our college students, his name is Juan Reina, is uh, joining our church today. And Juan has struggled with dark valleys in his life. And, uh, and in those dark valleys, the shepherd has been with him. And he shares his testimony today through video. Listen to him. Hello, my name is Juan. Um, I've been coming to Calvary for a little bit. A good friend of mine, Eddie Govea, he really showed me what it was like to be a Christian. Like, he talked to me, he spoke life to me while I was in college, or while we were in college. And because I, I was like, had one foot in the world and one foot in the church, so I was like a lukewarm Christian and I wasn't saved. But Eddie showed me what it was like to be a true Christian and a little bit about some other struggles that God has helped me overcome is that I, I still struggle with like anxiety, depression, and like really negative thoughts. You know, I've been to rehab like four times, but through all that, you know, God has given me the strength to push through and overcome all those obstacles. And again, if it wasn't for my friend, you know, and God placing my friend Eddie in my life, you know, I wouldn't be standing here right now making this video. And that's just a little bit of what God has helped me to overcome. Initially, Jackie Garza, who, uh, she was the one who invited me to young adults, and I really enjoyed it. And then Josh Reinha was the one who welcomed, welcomed me or invited me to come to um, the church, just the church in general. And so I decided to come. I really liked the service from Pastor Julio. 
the services have been a blessing to me. The young adults have been a blessing to me. And I'm going to a class in the morning, 9.30, and it's been a really big blessing to me. Juan has been through some dark valleys, but the shepherd has been with him all along. We all go through dark valleys. The, the difference is that some have made the Lord their shepherd. And that's the biggest difference that you can have. Not going through it alone, but knowing that he is with you. When the Lord is your shepherd, you can be confident in his sustaining presence. Is he your shepherd? Is the Lord your shepherd today? When the Lord is your shepherd, you can be confident in his saving preparation as well. So far, the, the psalm has moved us from green pastures and still waters to dark valleys. And now we move to the palace. We move to, to the place where the Lord is no longer the shepherd, but he's a host. And we change from being sheep to being his guest at the table. Verses 5 through 6. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. After passing <clears throat> through the dark valley, the Lord is waiting on the other side, and he has made preparations. He's prepared a table in the presence of our enemies, in the presence of those who thought we thought would harm us, in the presence of those who we thought would overcome us, in the presence of those who, who taunt us and, and tempt us, in the presence of those enemies, the Lord prepares a table. A table is a place of provision where there is food. And when your cup overflows, it never runs out. A place uh, of presence. One of the things important for us when our kids were growing up is, is that at least at dinner time, if not at other times, we would sit at the table together. Not on TV trays, not everybody eating at different times, but sitting at the table because we believe that the, the table is a place of presence. It's showing up and seeing each other's face and, and, and encouraging one another. And when the Lord prepares the table for us, it's about his presence. It's about fellowship with him. It's about him meeting us there. David had known God as a shepherd who cared for him, who walked with him in the darkest valleys. But David had also known God as the one who sits with him at the table. David had known what it's like to hide in caves for his life, what it's like to be on the battlefield risking his life, where there was bloodshed, and then coming to the palace where the table was set before him, where he could rejoice in the Lord's deliverance, in the Lord's provision, and in the Lord's presence, his preparation. He had known the joy and the satisfaction of being at the table and knowing that God was there. Leonard Sweet has suggested that when Christ came, he, he changed the meeting place, the, the place of communion from, from the temple to the table. And when you see Jesus... Every significant moment that he has with his disciples is at the table, breaking bread, eating fish, having fellowship. Even the Lord's Supper is instituted at a table as a reminder that that's what God has prepared for us and that's where he wants to meet us. And so today, I want to pause my sermon for just a second and I want us to come to the Lord's table. 
I hope that you'll have one of these communion kits with you because we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper right now in the middle of my sermon. If you don't have one, raise your hand and we'll, we'll try to get Usher to, to bring one to you. Uh, so, so there are ushers here. So keep your hand up until they get to where you are. And uh, if you already have one, just use this time to, to just bow your head for a moment and, and think about what this means. And prepare your heart uh, for this moment of communion. We invite everyone who's a believer, everyone who's a Christ follower to join us in the celebration of the Lord's Supper. So if you're a follower of Jesus, we welcome you to participate. Lord, we thank you for your invitation to the table that you have prepared for us in the presence of our enemies. We pray that you prepare our heart to have fellowship with you as we remember what you did for us in the name of Jesus. The night before Jesus died, he was having supper with his disciples. He was at the table with them and he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Eat it in remembrance of me. As we eat it today, we remember that he gave himself for us. Let's eat. That same night, Jesus took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Drink it in remembrance of me. As we drink, we remember that he poured out his life to give us new life. Let's drink. Thank you, God, for the work of Jesus as we take this very small symbol of such a great reality of your redemption, we thank you. We eat it, we drink it in remembrance of what you did for us and what you made possible for us. And we anticipate what's yet to come in Jesus' name. Jesus said that as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we remember the Lord's death until he comes. When we celebrate the Lord's Supper like we just did, we're looking back at what Jesus has already done. And because of his death and his resurrection, then today we can have fellowship with him. We can sit at the table every day with him. But we also look forward. We look forward to the day when we will sit at a banquet table. There will be a day when all of us who have believed in Jesus Christ, all of us who have trusted in him as Savior and Lord, will sit and will feast at the wedding feast of the Lamb. That is what we're looking forward to. That is a symbol of what we just did 
looks back to the cross and looks ahead to that day when we'll be in the house of the Lord forever. It's not wishful thinking. It's not something that we say to make ourselves feel good. The Bible says, surely, surely, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We can have confidence in that. We can know that one day we will be in the house of the Lord and we will enjoy the preparations that he's made for us. When we trust him, when we believe in him, when we give our lives to him, we receive everything that he has to give to us. And it's a promise. It's not just something that comes true after we die. It says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Every day, mercy is following you. Every day his love is chasing you. Wherever you go, God's love is pursuing you. You may not see it, you may not feel it, that's what we were thinking, but it is pursuing you. It is following you because the Bible says it, God said it, and I believe it. There may be some dark valleys ahead, but you can have the confidence that the Lord has made preparations for you. In every season of your life, in every season of your life, he has prepared a table for you in the presence of your enemies. You'll go through some difficult times. There'll be some bumps. There'll be some rocky uh, roads. But, but when you get done, there will be a table prepared for you in the presence of your enemies. He wants to make sure that you are full of him, that you are encouraged, that your cup overflows. If you make Jesus your king and your shepherd, you can count on his saving preparation. And then the table of fellowship is there for you. When Jesus went to the cross and died for us, he, he conquered sin. And when he rose from the grave, he conquered death. So when we trust him, when we give our lives to him, then we receive the gift of forgiveness, the gift of his presence, the gift of his provision, the gift of his promise, the gift of salvation. Everything that he has prepared for us becomes ours through faith. If Jesus is your shepherd, you can be confident for the future, confident in his sufficient provision, confident in his sustaining presence, and confident in his saving preparation. Is he your shepherd? Is Jesus your king? If he is, will you thank him today for these promises, for these realities, for these truths? If he is, Will you trust him today for your future? As you step in confidence, will you trust in the shepherd? And if he's not, if you've never made Jesus your shepherd, what are you waiting for? Will you make him your shepherd today? Will you trust what Jesus did on your behalf and give your life over to him and say, from this day forward, I will follow the shepherd and I will find confidence in him. There are several ways in which you can respond today. I'd like to call your attention to the commitment card that is right there uh, that you perhaps received when you came in, the sermon notes. And it, and it invites you to trust Christ as, as your shepherd and king for salvation. Maybe that's the commitment you need to make. Or maybe trust Christ as your shepherd in your dark valley that you're going through right now. Or trusting his provision for the future. Maybe your commitment today is to follow him in believer's baptism or to join this church. Whatever your commitment is, this is the time to make it. In a few moments, we're going to have an opportunity to give 
an opportunity to pray here at the front, an opportunity to sing in response. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for this beautiful psalm, this reminder of who you are, who you were to King David as a shepherd and as a king, and who you can be to us. I thank you, Father, for that confidence that you give us. So I pray for those that, that are here that have made Jesus their shepherd, that today they will receive confidence for the future from him, including our graduates. And I pray if there's anyone here, Lord, that has not made you their savior, their king, their shepherd, or watching online, that right now they would pray this prayer. Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And I know you died on the cross for my sins. I also know you rose from the dead. Today, I give you my life. I trust you. I will follow you. Forgive me and make me a new person and give me that salvation that you came to offer. Father, work in every life so that we can respond accordingly. In Jesus' name.